the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffled Podcast, Episode 34. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hey, Sandra. Good morning. Good morning to you. I wonder if it's morning when people are listening to this. Question. I don't always listen to podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I don't always listen to podcasts in the morning. I must say, unless I get my, unless I knock a run out early in the morning, because I listen to podcasts on my run. I know it's one of those things that I do. Some people don't. You do. You can do that on. But your I run. do. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a weirdo. I feel like I have to be sitting really still to listen to a podcast. Oh, I don't know why. You don't multitask while you're. Um, I do in the studio a little bit, but sometimes I have to have complete silence in the studio. Um, if I'm writing, I can't have any noise. No. Yeah. yeah. No, that wouldn't work. But if I'm just kind of painting and kind of um, I can have something on. So I guess that isn't being totally still. But, you know, I like to take notes sometimes. And, yeah, mm. I find that I need I like to I like to be all alone when I'm listening to them is, I guess, the main thing. Um, I walked around my house last night with headphones on, listening yeah. to a podcast because my family was home and and our house is small, so yeah, Brady's same. in his corner, Steve's watching football on his laptop, and I'm like, I just want to listen to something, but I'm going to bug both of them if I do. So I look like a little bit of a weirdo walking around with these big headphones on last no, night. No, I, I do it <laughs> all the time. Well, oh, okay. Do. I don't do it all the time because sometimes I think, you know, this is, I'm really ignoring everybody. If anybody comes up to talk to me, then I have to say, hang on. I'm busy. <laughs> Can't my, you see? Boss my, boss my <laughs> podcast. What? <laughs> So how may I help you now? All the time. But when I'm cooking, you know, and then everybody's kind of doing their own thing. um, I will often put my earbuds in and listen to a podcast. Uh, Same. But I've been doing that since the beginning of my sobriety because it distracted me. Yeah. You know, wanting to drink while I cooked. Well, I think for me, what was different was uh, these are big headphones, like what we're recording with right now. You know right. what I mean? Like that. Oh yeah. That was just like normally. I sometimes I have my earbuds in, like one in. But yeah, I just felt like I looked weird. Like uh, it wasn't for fashion. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Didn't look like fashion. <laughs> so, so did you do anything fun this week or before we get? Into uh, the show? I wrote a lot. Nice. I've got some big plans for the unruffled.com. So I have been writing a lot for my site. I added some buttons this morning. <laughs> you <laughs> did? I'm going to have to go check it out. Oh, I added some buttons. Did you know that you can just Google <laughs> Squarespace buttons? <laughs> I did not know that. And it just comes right up. All all the information you need. It's Yeah, it's, it's magic. It's just like magic. Um, so I've been 
playing with my site some more. I'm, I still am working on a logo, which I'm going to stitch. I think I haven't quite decided yet, but anyway, um, so yeah, so I've been just writing a lot for my site. I kind of sort of caught up on wedding photos and I really need to get in my studio, but mm, mm. I think I might do that over the break because we have some activities planned for the kids and me um, to, you know, go out and explore. But uh, they also like their downtime, which is great. And then I can have some studio time. But yeah, I went to, so our city has, Austin has a studio tour twice a year. They do um, the east side of Austin um, now. it's They spread it out over two weekends. So it was last weekend and it's this coming weekend. And then I think it's in the spring. I could be wrong, but it's it's a different time of the year. They do West Austin. They do the West Austin studio tour. So last weekend I hit one kind of hub spot, which is like a, it was this place called Canopy. um, And it it looked like an old kind of warehousey type place that's been kind of divided up into studios. And um, a lot of artists, were displaying their work there. And I went specifically to see one particular artist that I love so much and I've never seen his art up close. And his name is Butch Anthony and he's from Alabama. You introduced me to him. Yeah. mm, To his work. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been following his work for a really long time. I was introduced to him through Natalie Shannon who owns the company Alabama Shannon, who does all the hand stitching stuff that I like. And they... And where, and where you're going to intern one day. Yeah, where I'm going to intern one let's, day. Let's, we'll her, manifest that, okay? Let's yeah, put that out into the universe. At her <laughs> studio in Florence, Alabama. Mm-hmm. But um, Butch, I, I could be totally speaking out of line, but I think that they used to be, you know, a part have a partnership or something. I'm not really sure, but that regardless, um, that's how I got introduced to his work was through her many years ago. So I've been following his stuff for a long time, but I've never seen his art up close. I've only seen it on a computer and he had some work displayed, um, in one of the, one of the little studios. And so I went by to see it, um, and it was just amazing. It was just as amazing as I wanted it to be. And um, he had a person that was kind of representing him in there, and we chatted for a little bit. And um, it was just so cool. And What's I his think medium? What's his medium? He – well, he uses – I mean, he kind of – he almost considers himself a folk artist. Um, he, use a, he uses a lot of found objects – um, cause he does some kind of shadow box work. He does collage. He paints on photographs, old photographs or, um, existing paintings. So it's a real mixed, uh, media visual art. And then he also, um, in this particular studio and I can't even, this is sad. I can't remember the other artist's name that he was sharing the space with, but they had done some collaborations. So, um, the other artists had like done some screen printing and then 
butch like painted on top of that, I think is how that worked out. But they, he had done some collaborations with this other artist. Anyway, um, I just love his art. I don't know. I've always liked folk art and, and, um, I, you know, of course I love the deep South. I, I mm-hmm. romanticize the deep South and I definitely, you know, don't hide my love for the deep South. Um, so anyway, it was really cool. I think, uh, I'm going to take the kids back out again over there this weekend and we're going to look around again. But I tell you, just getting out and being out in that community just made me so long for an artistic, creative community. I'm just, uh, I could just feel like an ache in my soul. Mm. You know, I, I wasn't ready and I just talked about this in a newsletter I sent out this week, but you know, I really needed to introvert myself, um, in early sobriety because I just, I just didn't know how to go out and be out and find my people. And, um, and I needed to protect my sobriety. I felt like too, uh, but boy, I am ready. I am so ready for, um, a artistic community to feel a part of. And so I'm gonna, 2018 is going to be about me making some moves to make that happen for myself. I love that you know you're so ready. Yeah. Like, it was like, you know, when you feel like you have a hole that you need to fill, that's what it felt like when I was out there walking around and, um, you know, just, I mean, there were, there are lots of, there's a lot of artists there. There's a lot of people that just appreciate art there that are there to view. I mean, it was kind of a madhouse actually in some spots, but Um, but yeah, it really, I could just, I could just feel this emptiness Hmm. and, um, I'm ready to, I'm ready to get, get my ass out among the people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, it's like when we first started talking, Sandra, I mean, you and I talk all the time, like we have right now, I have a million ideas, right? You have all of these creative ideas and surges and we have, that's good. But, but when we started talking about a year and a half ago or a little longer, um, I don't know that I was fully ready to realize all those, right? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was going to look like. But I knew if I took the first step with you in terms of making and doing, like, the Recovery Gals Art Exchange that you started and that we kind of have invited all of these women to join, um, that was, like, this first step. And now things are gaining momentum and doing the podcast this year and talking to all of these other creatives that we get to interview, it's like just building. It's just building. Yeah. And now yeah. I feel like I'm ready for the next thing. I feel confident, actually, whereas I didn't feel confident when we first started doing these things. It was like, but you have to stretch that stretch that muscle, right? And kind of go, okay, now it's limber. Now I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Now I got this. What's but. your next thing? Um, I'm trying to write this ebook. <laughs> Pitch you on the spot. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm trying to write this ebook, um, this month and release it on December first, which is not. I mean, what's today? The seventeenth. Mm-hmm. So, um, that sounds probably a little scarier than it actually is. I had to break it all down, and it's going to be about twenty pages. So it's not long. It's more of a workbook type thing, but there's writing in it. There's definitely writing. Um, 
and instruction and resources. And it's just going to be like a roadmap for how I do my gratitude practice. That's cool. And um, some of the science behind it, which I am not a scientist, believe it or not. Um, (laughs) So I've linked to lots of different articles and things on, you know, the attitude of gratitude and kind of the science behind it and how it's good for your heart and things that I can't speak to from on a professional level, but that I could refer people to places where they can get that information um, to back it up. And so I feel at first I did not feel qualified, but I've been keeping a list every day for two years. I feel more than I know what my practice is and I can just share that. These are my suggestions. And so that's what I'm working on. And I'm, I'm very, um, I'm trying not to freak out about it. Right. It's just this, it's like writing a long essay. Yeah. And given some links and tips like I do in my newsletter or in my blog. Right. I'm just going to offer it for sale and see what happens with it. But yeah, and then next year, I think I'm going to go back to school and paint. So my my next year is going to look differently. I'm going to have a year-long project that I, I have to nail down yet, but I'll announce that when we do our New Year's uh, or when we get into January with the podcast. I'll share with the listeners um, my year-long project and why year-long projects work for me. Mm, right. You're just uh, I love self-paced <laughs> accountability <laughs> projects. Yeah. yeah. they They motivate me, so... That's that. But let's get through. We got to get through this uh, next what, six weeks <laughs> till the end of the yeah. year. Yeah. Five weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we should probably. Um, let's talk about our guest today. Yes. I love our guest today. I'm super excited. Um, I got to meet Sasha Corellis. That's our guest today in real life um, at some yoga workshops that I've done in San Francisco at Love Story Yoga. And uh, that I did with Laura and Holly and then Laura individually. But Sasha is such a beautiful human being, such a strong woman. She is a mala maker. She is a producer of animated films. And she has one in the works right now that she talks about on the pod called Lenoria. Um, And she has gone into this project with her creative partner, Carlos Beña of Nightwheel Pictures. Um, She also teaches at the Academy of Arts uh, University in San Francisco, and she co-hosts yoga retreats with Bex Urban at Ratna Ling, which is about an hour and 15 minutes north of me on the coast off of Highway 1 um, on the Sonoma Coast, and it's a a Tibetan Buddhist retreat center. Um, So for anybody that's like just geographically, if you don't know where I live, (laughs) it's about 90 minutes north of San Francisco. And uh, she believes that sobriety is a divine calling. She is a student of kundalini yoga and studies under Guru Jagat and really thinks that Guru Jagat's book, Invincible Living, should be required reading for every single woman on the planet. I have not read this book. It's on my I list. still haven't picked it up, but yep. it's on my Amazon wish list. So yeah. I will too. Um, I know so many of you guys, of you California girls, have loved on Sasha. So someday I'll get, I'll get to meet Sasha. But yes. um, she loves all the woo, and uh, noticed that her most creatively active days are under the new moon, full moon, and eclipses. She has such an interesting um, family of origin story. Her father was a cartologist and she comes from a whole family of, of geologists. And she talks about that 
uh, quite a bit um, in our interview, but her love of crystals and stones are just in her blood, and she designs custom-made malas. I know many of you guys have one of her malas. Um, she's going to make me well, That's I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> yeah, spoiler. No, you'll no, don't hear spoil us it. talk about. You'll hear us talk about my uh, special mala that I verbally put my order in. <laughs> um, uh, she, her custom-made mala, she firmly believes are sacred adornment, and that there are there they there are powers. Um, Help. in crystals. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. There's like a lot of powers held in there. They're just kind of powerful, which I am learning about, which I did not know about. Thank I still you. don't know everything. Yeah. Um, we, right. We still don't, but, but uh, Sasha seems to be in the know. And so her website is at SashaMollis.com. Um, she probably, I'm just going to say this. I don't know this for a fact, but I think she would probably help you out with um, stones if you are ordering a mala from her. Um, yeah, they're all I think custom. She does, right. She does custom malas, so she can tell you all about what the different types of stones that she carries, um, what their meaning and powers are. Yeah. we. It, this interview was great because we touched a little bit on everything. Um, it's a long interview and I just could have talked to her just all, af- you know, all afternoon. Um, but we talked, touched on motherhood a little bit, death and rebirth and this calling out to, um, she called them their sister heroines that are walking this path of sobriety. And she feels like it's a higher calling that we're all having that we're answering when we get sober. And I loved how she kind of framed that and talked about it. And she got me all fired up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I think everyone's going to love her. Um, Her her name is Sasha, but her her website, I can't remember if she spells it or not at the end, but it's S-A-T-C-H-A-M-A-L-A-S dot com. Thank you. Sasha Malas. Yeah, clarifying that. And um, if you're not on our secret Facebook page, come on. Why not? Why aren't you doing that? Just... (laughs) Yeah. Um, send us a message on Facebook and say you want to join. We have to friend you have to friend us up, but then we'll add you. I added a bunch of people over the weekend, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sharing um, a little trailer for Lenoria, the movie that Sasha mentions in the interview here that she's been working so hard on. I'm gonna put a little trailer to that up in the um, secret Facebook page. So if you guys oh, want to join, um, go ahead and do that. And rate us on iTunes if you guys get a minute. It really helps people to find us. So um, you can leave a review if you want. That's awesome. But if you just do a little, it's like a five-star rating if you want to rate us. Um, that would be much appreciated. Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to it. Well, enjoy, Sasha. Good morning, Sasha. Thanks for being on the show. Good morning. Good morning, Sasha. Good morning. Look at all of us lovely ladies. Oh, yeah. Powwowing on this early, early, beautiful morning. I wanted to just kind of jump into things with you if we could, and just because I think we have a lot of ground to cover. And um, I wanted you to share with our listeners, if you could, um, how or why you came to the decision to quit drinking. And then we'll kind of go into your creative life. And then maybe we can talk about being a woman and being sober. So I was hoping those were kind of the things that we could dive into today. 
all great subjects. <laughs> right? <laughs> how long do we have? <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you could just share a little bit of how you came to that decision to quit drinking your sobriety date and just let our listeners know kind of what your deal is. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I mean, I think a lot of us have um, very similar um, life patterns. And I think if we all sat down and we started comparing notes, we'd be like, Oh yeah, me too. Oh yeah. That happened to me too. And, um, and I think you kind of just, you know, look down the line and you can really just kind of see what happened. Right. And, um, you know, for me, <clears throat> I grew up in a household that was very untraditional. Um, you know, both my parents are like, wild and um <laughs> but they're also like genius level wild so it's it was a little bit it was fun I'm not gonna lie like we always had fun and we still do I mean my dad is like the most awesome dude and um you know I and like there was parties all the time and like being around drugs and alcohol I started that started at a really young age when I was three, my parents moved from Chicago to this really tiny town in Colorado called Cripple Creek. Um, right now, it's kind of a hellhole, like gambling place. It's really awful. I've but been there. <clears throat> back in the 70s, it was like this really funky, like old mining, gold mining town. It was weird. I don't There's know. There's a song, right? Isn't Cripple Creek? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah, okay. But we forgot. I just, I just, And big tour buses go there now and drop off people to gamble. Yeah, and it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. My dad took me there. um, Oh, God, it must have been... That must have been like six or seven years ago because my dad was doing some installations up at the the historical museum. And... um, the so we went down there and I was like this does not look like what it used to look like because it was like a hippie I mean this we're talking like 1975 76 Colorado in the mountains I mean it was like totally the classic look um and you know my parents owned a bar um they owned the Cripple Creek Inn and I was in bars since as long as I can remember wow um, I did not and know there that. was many times like, you know, we joke around where it's like, I can literally sleep through anything. Like you, I, if we go to a loud concert, I could just lay down and go to sleep. Cause I'm so used to just crazy around me. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> and so a lot of times, I mean, I've slept in, you know, the booze under coats, you know, I've slept behind bars, you know, it's, you know, it's been. You know, I've been, I've always been the cute little girl wandering around under all these drunk people. And, um, you know, and it's like I have these like really hilarious stories that are I mean, they're not I guess they're I mean, I just think that this all kind of goes into my stories and my my the way I, I kind of output my art. Um, but, you know, there would always be these big bar fights. I remember this one where <clears throat> there was this guy in town. His name was Ogre. And um, yeah. And he looked like, I mean, he looked, think about like a, a guy, a ginger guy in the seventies and his name is Ogre. That's what he was. And, um, and he was like my best friend. I mean, he, I loved him so much because he was always so cute and, you know, and fun. And I remember just, there was like, 
the Caledonia was playing and their bar fight, you know, started and people started throwing the beer bottles and the glasses. And I kind of like ran around the bar and was like underneath my dad. My dad pulled out a baseball bat and just started like hitting like as the, the, the mugs and the bottles were coming towards him. He was just like hitting them with the bat. <laughs> wow. Like shielding himself with a bat. Uh, yeah. Nice. It was just part of the fun. It was all part of the fun. Um, so growing up in a honky tonk, you know, you just kind of are in that place. Right. And, you know, and I think as, and then, you know, my mom's got her own, her own issues too. And, you know, we just, we kind of just went along doing our thing. And, you know, to me, it wasn't anything, there was nothing wrong with it, but I, I, you know, my grandpa was in AA, um, and I knew that, and, you know, he would always go to meetings and I always was curious what that was about. And, um, my aunt Maggie, it lives in LA and she's, she's been a long time at AA or, and, um, my mom's been in and out. My dad, definitely not. Um, and, you know, I just think I was around it so much that, you know, at an early age, I was sipping beer and drinking champagne or, you know, and, and literally taking a hit off the joint for a long time. So how, how old do you think? How, just really just since you were a little kid? Like 10. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so it was, so I always just equated it as like the fun and partying and, um, just, you know, letting loose. And so, you, you know, I kind of carried that on and in my teenage years, cause that's what I, that's what I saw. Like I was always the one where I was like, okay, let's go get this. And then we're going to do this. And then we're going to, you know, I was always the instigator of the big party. <laughs> Um, and making sure everything was getting taken care of. And like, we're just always, you know, getting into trouble. Um, and the, you know, and it just kind of goes through. And then, you know, in my twenties and thirties, I kind of would be in it and then be out of it. You know, I, I kind of was like knowing that, that just, I would kind of go through those times. I'm sure you guys all have had that same experience where, you know, you, you'd be drinking heavy in college and then, you know, you get out, you get your first job and then you're like, okay, I'm going to just be really sober. And you just be sober for a long time and no, nothing, you never, never, never thought about it. And, um, that kind of went on and on. And I was always really into, um, nutrition and, um, doing, you know, doing yoga, um, doing meditation. I was, that was always a big part of, of my life too. And <clears throat> I was, you know, in and out and, um, when I met my husband, my husband doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't do anything. He's super clean cut. Um, he's European too, which I just think that it's a different scene because there's no, like, this is bad kind of thing there. Mm -hmm. You're so right. he never, it is a different scene. Yeah. It's a different scene. And so he just was like, eh, you know, whatever I can take it or leave it. Um, and now, and he's super funny where he's like, oh man, I can't wait to have like a really nice big cold beer. And I'm like, great. And then we get there and he gets this like beautiful beer. And then he takes like two sips and he's like, oh man, that was great. <laughs> You're like, who are you? <laughs> I don't understand. Um, and so, you know, I think I was going through a period too where I was like I was really working hard I was I did corporate for like I did for the only one and only time I'll ever do corporate and that was like really challenging and so you know I wasn't 
I wasn't, I, I look back and I wasn't drinking at all and I it wasn't a choice. <clears throat> and then I kind of started doing my own thing. I was working with Carlos. I went to nutrition school while I was doing that. Um, and I got really, really healthy. And then, um, I started, then I started the Academy of Art and, um, just so that because Carlos and I took a year and a half off of our full-time jobs so we could start Lenoria at the very, very, like very beginning. And then I got, I went back to work and it was a little bit of a different lifestyle and teaching and then doing this. And I just started drinking a lot and it was, uh, there was just, I think a lot of it was just trying to escape, having the quick escape. Mm. Was it a work atmosphere kind of thing, or was it uh, you, you you were alone, you did it when you came home? Both. Um, uh, definitely my group um, at the academy, they, they love to party. Um, and I was just kind of going along with it, too. Um, but then, you know, I was coming home and just kind of trying to decompress, because I don't know if you guys have ever taught before. I It was the first time for me. And... Um, you when you are up in a class for the three hours um you're on stage Mm -hmm. and you have to captivate and interest 18 people and keep them motivated and keep them interested and keep them engaged and it is a lot of work i never realized so like my props go out to any teachers out there because it is not it's not kids play Right, um, because it's intense. You have to stay engaged and you, yeah, and you keep can't them up. engaged. Yeah, you yeah. can't like you know fifty percent. Yeah, no way. Um, and so I think it was like a lot of that of just the the intensity and then just trying to come down off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was working, you know, doing this this whole program with Studio X, where we're we're work. I mean, right now we're we're we have twenty five films in the in the in production, and so it's like a lot of films. It's a lot of students, that, and then all the students have their thing that's going on um, that you have to be really sensitive to. And I mean, I'm sure you guys are, you know, I think the other thing that kind of brings us all to this too is that we're we're all very empathic. And so it was kind of the first time, I don't have children, by the way. Mm-hmm. So it was the first time I'm kind of dealing with all this kid stuff. I mean, they're not <laughs> kids, but they're, right. they're, they're in that place. So it's a, it's a weird place. They're in that place between their, their kids. They're not with their parents anymore. And they're trying, so they're doing this thing where they're trying on other personas but then their kid persona still kind of comes through in a stress moment and then they're um and then they try stuff like from i can just hear them sometimes where i'm like i bet your mom used to say that um, well do, do you or, think that that brought out i have a quick question do you think that brought out like a mothering instinct because i think it doesn't matter i think women in, instinctually have this thing this kind of mothering thing quality to us and whether we have children or not and I think we get it one way or another like it was a choice for me not to have children and um but but the universe brought me my children right like Mm -hmm. gave me the my mothering experience anyway Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) 
Well, let's. I, we want to. I want to get in more to. Um, we're going to talk about all your creative work, and I don't mean to distract, but I wanted to just get back to how you got to the end there, like where yeah. you were, where you were like the, the you know, it's over. It's I'm pulling it. the plug. Yeah. So I think all of it be, kind of came like a perfect storm. So you're right, um, Sandra. It was like part of it was the mothering, which I think we can all relate to. So it was mothering. It was a lot of lot of work, a lot of, you know, in terms of like <clears throat> keeping the house, working on your creative projects, um, actually doing a full-time job. And then, um, you know, and then also this performance thing. And I just, I just kept needing to get out and get out and get out and get out. And, um, and so, it, you know, it started as, you know, and I'd hang out with the guys and, you know, my colleagues and stuff. And then, um, you know, and then I'd come home and I would, it started to be like a whole bottle of wine at the end of the day. Um, you know, I, I, I just am shocked that I would like, you know, come down come in and make dinner. And, you know, by the time dinner was done, I was like half in the bag and then I'd drink some more and then I would take my glass of wine up to bed. <laughs> mm -hmm. like, so Gee, I, I don't know <laughs> anything that you're talking about there. <laughs> God. And, right. then, um, and then, you know, I was totally doing this whole like thing of, oh, I'm so sophisticated. I'm an art teacher. And I would go to my favorite little joint around the corner, have my little salad and have like two big glasses of wine in the middle of the day. Yeah. And mm -hmm. started going to class a little bit crocked. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, probably still you know, there, but, you know, then right. I think it just started to seep in, in places it should not have been seeping in. Well, um, it seems so sophisticated, right? Yeah, you're an art teacher in San Francisco, you're the head of production, right? Great. Like, you're yeah. making films, you are, yeah, I'm gonna have a couple glasses of wine with my salad, and yeah. what's the big deal? That's what they do in Europe. That's what they do in France, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm making this whole story about myself and it's yeah. just like so ridiculous. So it just kind of, it started to really amp up. And I think as much as the, as the, as the work started to amp up, because um, Carlos and I also did another short film. It's a live action film. And um, that's how I got connected with the, with the Academy. Um, and so we were launching that. So this is 12, 2015. Um, <clears throat> so I was doing the school, I was trying to, we are trying to launch this other film we had, we're still working on our Lenoria, I'm teaching, I'm just like, I'm buckling under the pressure, it's so much, and um, I just, it just kind of, I, I kind of feel like it was like early 2015 where the slide just started to happen. And I was just like really walking through the day just not there and not mm -hmm. present and not clear just to like just to like feel like I was actually able to cope with the day mm. um and just to and then just to take the edge off when I got home because I was just like I just want to be done but then you know, you guys know that like the cycle is terrible because you mm -hmm. think you're 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 tr you know kind of you're tricking yourself to thinking you're coping and you're able to deal with the daytime stuff and then you drink and then you wake up at three and you're stressed out and you're like totally disrupting your sleep. And then, so you have this like crazy insomnia and then you're trying to wake up in the morning and you're just a crabby bitch. Mm -hmm. 
And then your crabby bitchiness goes throughout the whole day, and then you're needing to drink again because you're a crabby bitch. And it's like, it just is like an unending cycle. It's horrible. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're like, why does everyone hate me? And why do I hate myself? And why am I not happy? And like, why do it? There's all this drama around me. And you're like, yeah, because you're you're totally like not there you're not present you're not dealing you're not dealing with anything yeah and just survival it just feels like you're like survival mode yeah just survival reacting to everything yeah the react the reacting is just so ungraceful right Mm -hmm. yeah um and so yeah it just started to slip i went to a you know i think there was a couple there was one moment um, in November, we went to my um, really good friend's 50th birthday um, with her twin, and I got so drunk so fast. Mm. Um, and my husband was with me, and um, he was just appalled by the whole thing um, and just, like, was really angry with me. And I was really angry with myself. And... Um, also he said, which I don't even remember is that he was really scared. Like he was asking me like how our relationship was going because he was like, you were laying there and you kept getting up and you would sit up and you would go walk and then you'd sit down and you were, you kept saying, I feel so trapped. I feel so trapped. I feel so trapped. Mm. And he's like, you feeling trapped like with us and this? And I'm like, no, I just feel trapped in general. (laughs) You know, I just totally feel trapped. And so. Of course, that like led to, you know, maybe a week or two of not drinking and trying to pull it together. And of course, that's always edgy, right? Like, you know, when you when you're kind of in that and you're already mad at yourself, the self-loathing. And then you're like, I'm not going to drink. And you're like, I'm just going to like white knuckle it through. It's just it's gross. It's like the worst. So you just feel Mm -hmm. awful. And I kind of like don't even I don't even have a comprehension of like from that moment until the day I was starting to look online for holly um from hip sobriety yeah from hip sobriety so that was like another six weeks and then we you know school ended um then you know we're on break for like four or five weeks and you know as my mother-in-law was here from greece um a friend of mine wanted to go out for lunch you know and it's like the first time i actually am like out somewhere like in a social situation where i like i don't have to work and um, and we went to lunch and I got seriously drunk at this restaurant. I totally made an ass of myself. I drove. Hmm. Um, I got here. I made a total ass of myself in, my, in front of my mother-in-law. I got, and then my friend called and said, hey, come over. And then I went to her house. We got totally more drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, and I was like Uber and I'm like in and out and I'm not even paying attention to like my mother-in-law and my husband in the house. I don't even, I'm not, I, like, I didn't even see them. Like I was just mm-hmm. kind of in that, you know, that craze, craze drunkness. Yeah. And, um, and then, and then I passed out and I, I woke up and I was like, what the fuck just <laughs> happened? Um, and I, I just, I'm like. I, you know, you just, that, that shame when you wake up in the morning is really the worst. It really is. Uh, the, the worst. And it lasts for so long, you don't even want to get out of bed. I just start reading, like, really bad, you know, novels just so I don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, I literally stayed under the covers and in the bed for, like, two days. Mm-hmm. And 
just in the deep shame. And that was kind of when I was like, okay, do I do this AA thing? And it was the first time that I was like, maybe I'll look at this thing. What is this about? I mean, I have the inkling and all the Al-Anon and, you know, from the family, but I just was like, maybe this is what I have to do. Maybe this, like, I, like you, when you finally have that conversation with yourself, mm-hmm. when you're like, this maybe we need to start really talking about this seriously yeah you you made me think of of one of i've often think about you know what the switch is what what flips you know and 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 you just made me think like before you kind of described how you were just trying to keep it in your life like desperately trying to hang on to it and keep it in your life and then one of those flips is okay I I can't keep this in my life anymore. Yeah. And I think it's what it's, you know, I don't think it's like this for everybody, but I do think that there are those times in our lives where you, you do literally wake up and you're like, not again. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's real. Uh It's amazing when it's real. Yes. Um, and it, and it doesn't have to be like, that was the thing when I started reading, when I started reading hip sobriety and I read her manifesto and she's like, you don't have to hit rock bottom to be rock bottom or something like that. And I was like, yes, you know what? I didn't Mm. have to like totally destroy my whole life to be like, yeah, so I'm going to go to AA and get sober. It was like, actually right now my life is in such shambles. Like I can't, you know, pretend to moderate my Mm. way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah. And then I just started doing a whole bunch of searches um, I was looking at where the AA meetings were in my neighborhood. Um, and I was just, you know, kind of chickening out. I kept being like, should I go? Well, I don't know. And then I, and then there was just this moment that it was like, I really want to say it's a divine moment. Is that too cheesy? No, um, I say that about my moment too. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's this divine moment where I was like, there has to be something better. There has mm-hmm. to be something else for me that's not a not to slam on a because now that I've heard more from you, Tammy, like I'm I'm interested. You know, like you're kind of like, oh, you know, it's like when we went to lunch the other day, I was like, hmm, maybe you know, maybe that's the next step. You know, we always have to just find our our another other steps, right? Yeah. And I just had that moment, and I'm like, what? There's got to be something else. There really has to be something else. And then, um, so Stephanie Snyder, um, who is the yoga teacher and the owner of Love Story, um, I've been of yoga, I've been following her yoga for years. And I know that she it was in recovery. And, you know, she's got a, you know, she's got a past similar to ours. And um, I was curious about did has she ever talked about it and what did she do and um, you know it can't just be yoga because I've tried that and you know there's got to be what else did she do did she do AA did she do something else and so I started just like googling like Stephanie Snyder recovery and what popped up was Holly's blog because Hmm. Holly was uh, she did her teacher training Stephanie Snyder's teacher training and then, you know, of course it was recovery. So then that was in there. And I, I was like, it literally was like, oh. It starts unfolding once you start, um, when you can go, I don't want to live like this anymore. So what else is out there? Like what, what, what can I start searching for? 
Yeah. I, I think it's I think it's beautiful. And and I think your your recovery or your the day you woke up without a hangover you shared with me was on Christmas Day, right? Twenty yeah, fifteen. Like three days later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So without the hangover finally on That's Christmas kind of Day. Bad, you know, where it was like the two days in bed and then the, the third day to, to just like wake up and be like, Okay, is the you know, can I like walk without like falling over? <laughs> Well, um, it's, I think it's just such a, like you're talking about it being a divine moment. Like, I, I think that's, that's a beautiful way to describe it because instead of looking at it as like this rock bottom or this horrible thing, you know, you can hit your rock bottom in your mind too. It doesn't have to be that your house is gone and your husband is gone or you're, you know, you're ostracized from your community. It doesn't have to be that. It's just a moment in your mind. Yeah, I was never afraid of consequences, really, you Mm. know? That never kept me. (laughs) Right. That never made me reconsider what I was doing and pouring down my body. Consequences never, never, never affected that. I I had to get to that place mentally and emotionally. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, we all have our time. It's like, you know, and maybe... I mean, I kind of think too with when we look back at these, and this is why I think it's important that you guys are doing the work that you're doing because you're allowing people to go through their story and be like, okay, here's my story and this is how I got here. And just knowing we all ha- we have a similar story, but it's all different. And there, there, there's learning. Even in the craziest moments in in the in the drunkenness or the being high all of that is experience and story and content basically i feel like makes us who we are mm-hmm. um, and so in a way i i just i don't ever ever regret anything because i'm you know i'm like you know what that was a learning moment for me and i'm always and when something happens i'm going to go back to that and be like remember when this happened and yeah. this happened and like and try, and trying to remove the shame off of it yeah because it's thick right i mean it's it is thick. so thick when we're at the end when there are when, when we're coming to all those realizations i mean it's like the small voice inside of me is the one I keep referring to saying like it just was like hear me i want you to hear me i want you to listen to me i'm going to get louder um I'm trying to get through, right? You just have to start listening to yourself. And when you're sitting there in bed, right, reading these novels to take your mind or, you know, to distract you, and all you keep doing probably is Googling more about Holly, hip sobriety, you know, Stephanie Snyder. You're like, I know what I need to do, actually. I'm going to lay here in bed and, like, nurse this hangover, but I'm about ready to take action. Like, I'm going to do something about this. It's all leading you up to that point. It's all leading yeah, yeah exactly. well exactly. I want so I wanted to ask you I'm gonna kind of um, well not jump I guess it's jump from my notes but I <laughs> you don't know where I'm jumping to um, I'll just jump with you yeah great uh, so we recently did an episode on the midlife solution and we've been yeah. getting a lot of people chatting about it and chiming in and we really appreciate the people who listen that are that are helping us um, oh my gosh there is a buck that just walked in front of my window here in front of the studio it's oh, wow. staring at me. Hello. Oh my god! And now it's going away. I'm oh, sorry. Got distracted. That was so beautiful. Let's look up um, buck medicine and see what. It means. <laughs> okay. I don't. I'm gonna let you do that. 
<laughs> how am I going to do that? We're going to get to the woo in a minute, but so, um, so that that was like we got received a lot of nice comments and feedbacks, and we're thinking about it more about how, you know, being a woman over forty, um, and so you were. You were 43 then when you when this started happening for yeah, you? Yeah, like, 43. Yeah. That was the same age for me. It was like when I started thinking about it. I didn't get sober yet, but I that was I st- that's when the wheels were really turning and I was I was knowing that I couldn't live. It would take another year for me, but that's when it started. So I just wanted to ask you your thoughts about being a woman over 40. And you know, you shared with me yesterday about a concept of women as being warriors. And it just sounded so powerful. You gave me chills. I got a little teary and I was like, that is such a beautiful concept. You know, I just I feel like this is all happening for a reason. Um and I think it's interesting because when you just said you were 43 too, my, my legs just went full on (laughs) simply. And that's just my, I mean, that's my gauge. I always know like if a story is good, if someone's pitching me or creatively, if something's happening and we're coming up with ideas and my legs get goose pimply or it's real, my legs get goose pimply. So Hmm. as you said that, I just, (laughs) cause I'm, I'm like, yeah, that it, there's, there's these, similarities in all of these things and I'm like there's more to this and there's more to us just getting sober and there's more to this than us all of a sudden connecting I mean you guys doing this podcast are connecting all these other people and like it's just I don't know this is like the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me ever in my life like I've, this has never been on this scale and then so I just keep thinking and then and like you were saying too is like as you keep going on this, like it just keeps getting opening up and getting bigger and things are coming and things are connecting and you're, and like, you're like, Whoa, is that? Wow. Yeah. It is magic. It really is. Um, and so I think like for me in the, my forties, when, when I hit 40, I was just like, well, I call it California, um, <laughs> because, um, you know, when you're 40, I mean, Sandra, I know that you're in Austin, but we'll come up with something good for you. You're California. <laughs> um, you know, I, so what does that mean? What is for our listeners? What does California mean? California means that, you know, when I, when I turn 40, I'm like, I am not for like, I'm not the traditional 40 of what, what 40 looks like. I mean, I just remember like when I was growing up, like when my parents were turning 40 or like my, you know, other people were turning 40, it was like this big, like, over the hill like I remember my mom got black balloons black balloons yeah Yeah, like if it's some some kind of like death and maybe it is oh actually I just got a a hit so it maybe it is it's a death of our old of our old selves Mm. yeah yeah and it's a rebirth of our new selves I like and, that. You know, and maybe within all of that tradition and pomp and the over the hill business, that's really what it is. It's like you really are coming up over the hill and coming and seeing the meadow. You know, you're it's new, it's clean, it's fresh. Mm, I like um, that. And so when I was turned forty, I was like, This is fucking cool. <laughs> I can't even believe this. Like, I didn't even think I was going to get here. Like, I was surprised. Um, because there's been so many moments in my life where, you know, it could have not gone this way. Um, and I just, like, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And everyone was like, yeah, so, like, how's it feel? And I'm like, you know what? Being 40 is rad because you've got all this 
experience and you are starting to come into yourself and you're starting to, I feel like being more self-aware. Um, and so like there's started to get to be a point where like, you know, you know, I love the phrase where people are like, yeah, give no fucks. And like, it started to be more of that, you know, of like, I just, why am I bothering in this? This like means nothing, you know, like doesn't, I don't care about this. And like, I want to move on to like the other things that I want to do in my life. And, you know, and I think that that's where Carlos came in with Lenoria, where I started doing the, the, um, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. I just, I was like, I don't want to do, I don't want to keep working for people or doing all these other things for money or, you know, for this thing. I, I want to do stuff that I want to do. Yeah. Um, that's for me and that I'm giving back. But, you know, it feels like even when I think about where I was in 40 to 43, I think it was just, you know, exper- experimenting and kind of like trying on things and seeing where things were going to head and, and kind of this learning. And then I think like I just started getting overwhelmed, you know, and I think that that's where the, the drinking and, you know, smoking pot was really coming a little bit stronger and stuff but whatever you know you never know why Um, right well I was gonna say you know I was gonna ask you even biologically uh, you know I could I I could bounce back from a day of drinking much quicker than I than I in my 30s and 20s and 30s than I did than I could in my 40s for sure yeah you know the two-day hangover situations didn't you know, didn't really yeah. happen. I used to say, like, I could just puke and go. <laughs> <laughs> like, that we made a yeah. lot. <laughs> I've never heard that before, Sandra. Yeah, we made it up. I think we made it up. But we, we would say that all the time. Yeah, puke and go. Girl, you puke got it. Go. But, um... You got it. And that, and that sounds like empowerment a little bit, right? Oh like, we, you I feel empowered. Wipe really like your mouth off, girl. Let's go. I'll hold your hair. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'll hold your hair back. Well, so <laughs> when it's so, not so much, right? I've no. And then you mentioned to you about getting drunker faster. That definitely happened to me too. Now I know that that can be just a symptom of, um, you know, um, alcohol addiction, you know, d- drinking a lot, you can get drunker faster, but I think it also has to do with, uh, age as well. Yeah, I think so too. And I think, um, You know, I think that that's also what's interesting was that what just came up for me while you were saying that is for, I think what I started to do, the, the, the fix and for the hangover of not being able to bounce back is that's when I started drinking a little bit all day long. Right. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, That, that, that then you're not like having a blowout (laughs) and then having the hangover, you're just kind of pacing yourself all day long. I can't even imagine anymore doing that. I did that too. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, but then, you know, if you had asked your 30 year old self, hey, you know, could you imagine yourself in your 40s like uh, drinking before noon? You'd be like, oh my God, absolutely not. You know? Like, ew, what, what kind of horrible person <laughs> would you that? We're talking about well. like, Sunday brunch, champagne, <laughs> sure, but, you know, like before work. And yeah. then all of a sudden you find yourself doing that. It's like, oh, huh. I, you know, but you, you're too far along. You, you don't, aren't self-aware enough or you're not letting yourself, the denial is so thick that it's like, um, hello, tap, 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 tap on your shoulder. You're drinking at noon every day yeah, really. to get through your day. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, yesterday when we were chatting, Sasha, um, Sasha, you said something about like, 
um, that when you gave up booze that you were kind of answering a calling. And I feel I definitely, I mean, I didn't know that's what I was doing. But when you said that, that's what resonated with me. I was like, that's that feels right. That feels true. Yeah. And I think it's just been it's just really been unfolding more and more for me since, you know, so basically just really quick. is so then December 25th, I was sober. I had already found Holly. I think I pretty much read every single thing she wrote. <laughs> and I probably read that manifesto like six times a day. Hmm. And then um, I signed up for that hip sobriety like right away. And her school. Like, yeah. Yeah. For the school. And, um, and I was like, I'm just going to do this. I didn't tell anybody either. Um, I didn't tell my husband because I think I was still kind of ashamed. Mm-hmm. And um, I, so yeah. And then, and then just, I think just like the Facebook group and then us talking, like all of a sudden, I don't know what it was. I just feel like it was, everything was in the, like happening in the right thing, you know, right place. And even though like, I'm not going to say it was easy or it was good or it was all like roses and daffodils, like it was rough, but I feel like as it's, as I've been getting sober and every week every month every day things are happening and I'm learning more I think too can I mean can we all agree to that ever since we got sober like all of a sudden things we never knew about or um opportunities that we never would have thought of are coming to you yeah for sure yeah and like (laughs) the learning is like exponential and the execution, like you can, I can execute these things now, you know, me and Sandra yeah. talk about this a lot. Like we can get a great idea. We had those before. We just yeah, never did shit with actually, them. Yeah. You, yeah. Cause you just talk about it. Yeah. But you just, but it, that, yeah, it actually comes into action and it's happening and you're like, whoa, that is intense. Right. Um, and then it seems like one action attracts another and then attracts another. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and. Uh, I'm sure I had opportunities presented to me before I quit drinking. In fact, I know I did. Um, But I I certainly did not have the clarity to uh, open myself up for um, to see more opportunities or to see beyond that one thing or to to feel like I wasn't – feel like I could execute things just like you said Tammy yeah yeah Yeah, I think too what it is so this kind of goes into a little bit into the kundalini practice that I've been doing um and how long have you been doing kundalini can can you share that with our listeners um well I I did kundalini at this really weird place back in Chicago in like 1995 and it was so weird and I loved it um it was like, I don't even, it was like some secret Kundalini place. So it's been so in your I, life for a couple decades. It's been in my life for a, a while. Yeah. And okay. then they, of course, closed down because it was like 1995 Chicago. Who's going to be doing Kundalini? It was like me and like three other people. Um, and then it kind of came back with Holly and I was like, oh yeah, I remember all these things. And then, um, and then when I, you know, I did, there was a point where I had like a really bad scene happened last year where I actually took medical leave from work because I, I really needed to just heal. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I came back, uh, Linda Nellis, 
she, I don't know, she just called and she's like, I'm going to go to this Kundalini class. You want to go? And I'm like, fine. I'm, I don't, whatever. You know, like I'm not even in the mood for anybody talking to anybody or being out at all. And so we went and then I was like, okay, are we coming next week? And she's like, yep, we're coming next week. I'm like, okay. And then we just started going every week. And I did that until I went back to school. And then, you know, we would meet up on Saturdays. And then I started finding other places like online. And that's how I found Guda Jagat. Actually, I had found Guda Jagat in 95. But I really, I mean, in 95, what am I talking about? 2015. But I hadn't really, I didn't really know what the, what her scene was. There was some, I was interested in some other things that she was doing. And, um, uh, and I, I, but so kind of coming back to that, what she's saying is and she's i'm sorry i'm gonna interrupt she's a kundalini what this person that you mentioned so yeah guru jagat is um this she's a kundalini teacher she's a guru she's a guru Um, yeah yeah so she's got her own places in venice california um they have one they just opened one in new york city and then they have one out in majorca and then she did, she wrote a book last year called Invincible Living. And then mm-hmm. she's got every, uh, every one of her classes is recorded. And then you can subscribe to her her website, her channel. She calls herself the Netflix of Kundalini because there's so many classes. Like, it's unbelievable. The amount this woman does is just it's, it's extraordinary. Um, so, but one of the things that she's saying is that we were in this place in this time on this earth in this timeline that it's important for us as women to start strengthening ourselves so that we have the caliber and the command to do the work that we're here to do the thing she calls it the things like whatever the thing is you just need to do the thing but you have to have this command and you got to strengthen yourself within to do that. Mm-hmm. And as I started getting getting more sober and getting more clear and then starting to really get into that, like I kind of call it tapping in. Like as soon as I started tapping into that energy, then I was like, I, and then meeting you guys and then just kind of seeing all this stuff. I'm like, I, I feel like, we're here for something greater. I agree. And when you see, you know, even when I'm looking around, like when we did the bigger yes, or we did um, never not broken. Um, when we did, I mean, I'm sure when you guys went to she recovers. Um, and then when I do the retreats with Bex out in Ratna Ling, I mean, there's moments where I just kind of stop and I, I'm breathless hmm. because I see us all around and I'm like, we're, warriors we're in training right now we're in basic training <laughs> I, like I don't that. know what it is we're being called to do but we're being called all mm-hmm. of us mm-hmm. all of us from the everyone and everyone that we start that we start kind of coming into our place and every time we meet someone new or every time we get another facebook uh, or another instagram person whatever they're coming like we're we're activating and i think that that's what's interesting even about hip sobriety and like why i love the technology right now because like we're activating as groups as women as um doers and we're makers we're doers we're 
Um, we're not checking out anymore. We're, we're here. We're all in. Yeah. We're all in. And we're doing our thing. Mm-hmm. And we're yeah, whatever your thing. thing is, but yeah. I, yeah, and I feel the same way. Yeah, and I feel like it's, I really do feel like it's a divine calling for us all. And who knows what, the, I mean, the way the world is right now, is it's nuts. We need but to I, be awake and, and aware. Awake. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to keep doing what we're doing and not being, and not be afraid mm-hmm. and um, not play small. I mean, like you can like take all of the mantras that we say and you can apply it to this because we're being called to, to, to lift ourselves up and lift each other up. I've never felt like this in my life. And, never. and it does feel that's such a beautiful way to put it of it being a divine calling. And I even have to get comfortable with that language around that, Sasha. I don't yeah. know why, but I do. And I found recently I was chatting with a, with one of my friends who I drank with the most. And I was trying to explain, you know, something that I'd recently done. And I realized that I have such ease talking to someone who is in recovery or, in you know, who's sober. Um, and I don't have that ease of language with um, someone who is not. And that, that, pardon the me. The muggles. <laughs> totally. Right. And it's not, I'm trying not to have a judgment on the muggles, right? But right. they're the muggles. You're right. That's yeah. a beautiful way to put that. And so I, I'm finding I'm lacking connection there now. And it seems as if that connection is just weakened. And I can't, I'm not comfortable with this language of the divine and talking about, um, that I'm interested in that, or I, I'm still nervous to even talk about it now. Like, I don't feel, I feel like I'm a student again, like all over again. And I'm learning these things. And I know that it will take time. And yeah. that's kind of what I'm doing by saying, Hey, can you tell me about charging crystals? Cause I really, and I don't even understand what that crystal does. Like, I want to know now. And and if I'm talking to someone who's not in recovery, I feel like they're going really like with a yeah, big like, question. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Well, that's why I like to call it the muggle. Yeah, I'm, that's going to help me. That's going to help me a lot. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like, and the and the reason I said, and now I'm going to get hooey louie on you, and good, you know, probably make you uncomfortable. But I feel <laughs> like, um, but that's okay, because uncomfortable is where we, yeah, you know, learn. Yeah. Um, it, like I just feel that, and I have a hard time too, and so I I just know to keep my my conversations very basic and surface. Because I know that that's all they're going to understand, and it, and that's okay. And I just feel like it's because we are we are vibing higher. We are we are we are. There's a vibe that we're. I mean, because we're all energy. We're all just energy balls, um, and we're not like everything is. I mean, that's why I love even like the Quartz Miracles. Like everything is not real, and that's very true. It, like scientifically, that's true. Um, and so I just feel like once we start getting clear and we're not poisoning ourselves and dampening our vibration, like killing our, our electrons and neurons and atoms. And I think that that's what booze does. And that's what I think drugs do and, um, whatever gambling, you know, whatever, you know, your addiction is to keep you from being present it's, it's dampening that energy down. And mm-hmm, so, yeah, sure. like, phys- you're physically not vibing high. And, um, and so I feel like 
you know, you're, you get in these conversations with people like the three of us and like our, our crew, you know, here in the Bay area, um, when we're together in person and like, I think we could have probably spent, uh, you know, another four or five days hanging out. After <laughs> totally. I mean, right? I mean, like, I don't think any of us really wanted to leave. Like, no. I think we wanted to just keep going and being like, okay, what else do we want to go look at? What yeah. else do we want to explore together? What else do we want to talk about? We were totally and, vibing higher, weren't we? We Sasha? were totally <laughs> vibing higher, for sure. Um, it was good vibrations, Tammy. <laughs> You know, Sasha, you know what you said has just made me think, you know, that I think that this is something I I have been searching for, though, my whole life. And, you know, and everything I have done has brought me to this place, just like you said before. When I'm, I mean, in college, I took women's studies classes after women's studies classes. I couldn't get enough. We, I studied about the divine feminine a whole lot. I was searching, searching, searching for that for that feminine, um, connection. I'm, I had a whole semester's, uh, class, uh, um, this professor taught it about Madonna, the yeah. singer, Madonna and of oh my God, yeah. the nineties, but you know how, um, her as an icon, um, and compared her iconically to other women in religious history and, um, history and uh i was searching for this moment my whole life i'm i'm convinced mm-hmm. and, and you've been in training for it yeah i guess i have yeah you've just been in school into the time that now now it's like your the draft your draft card has been called yeah. and it's actually not a bad thing you're just like yep i'm ready to go and right now, you know, now it's just even now what it is, is that I think that we're all we're training together now for the first time. I really accepted women as being on my I don't know if there's a team, but like I'm more open to having female friendships. I cannot believe all the new female friendships and the way that I look at women which I didn't think I looked at women bad before, but I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust other women. Um, I gossiped a whole bunch. Uh, I look at that, my former self and be like, I'm not, you know, obviously all leading me here, all for this lesson, I get it. But I I think I'm I'm most surprised when I joined those Facebook groups and started listening to the home podcast and took hip sobriety school and even going to women's meetings in AA, I'm finding this kind of, beautiful thread through it all and that women are not my enemy they're yeah, like you don't have to compete with each other no, no I, I didn't know that you don't have to compete for it yeah what, how I was um, taught was 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 not was not that and um yeah, it's that's a beautiful really, revelation in sobriety that women I put it on my gratitude list all the time I women yeah. in recovery women in general female relationships I'm learning I'm learning a lot I'm open to it yeah and like, um, I was doing this, uh, Guru Jagat class, I think it was on Tuesday and she's like, you know, you got to call out to your sister heroines mm. and, you know, and then when, and I wrote that down and I was like, yeah, because I think, you know, we all are looking to each other as heroes, but then, you know, I'm looking to you guys as heroes and then maybe someone is looking to me as a hero and then I'm looking back at them at heroes. And if we start looking at each other in that way, wow, what's, that's powerful. That's so powerful. I mean, and that's 
kind of breaking through a lot of like old things and the way our world is today. Um, I don't want, you know, I don't want to get into any male bashing cause I love, I love men. I love them. Oh yeah. No, um, no but you know, but that. I think that there's some, you know, there's some patriarchal ways that have to be that I also feel like marketing, like the marketing machine has, you know, taught, taught us as women to like be like we're not enough you know there's a self-loathing there's a competitiveness um you know there's a self you know shaming and and kind of making us neurotic about our self-worth and i think that that's what makes that's what kind of we get it got into this trouble but now when we start waking up for a wake waking up from that and then we're seeing each other as these beautiful creatures, as these beautiful creative creatures. And we're not, we don't feel threatened and we don't feel competitive. And we're not, not like, oh, who does she think she is because she's doing that? You know, like that's, that shit's bullshit. Like we don't need that anymore. Yeah. You need to be like, wow, how can I support you? That is really rad. Like, what can I do to help you? And, mm-hmm. and vice versa, instead of just being like, oh, yeah, look at her, you know, and I think that 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 whole talk is just is getting outdated. Right, because um, the t- rising tide rises yeah. all ships. Did I say that right? But you get it. There was um, Sandra and I were chatting this week about, you know, you know, sobriety and how it can be, Sandra coined this phrase, like being a great equalizer. And yeah. I thought about it all week when you said that, Sandra, when you found that word to kind of explain it. And I thought it is, you you meet a sober person or someone in recovery and it's, you, it's an equalizer. No one is better than, more famous than, more important than, we're all the same. And it really helps me with my other relationships too. I get to it quicker with people in recovery, but it's a great reminder for the muggles. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and Sandra, I think that that is super, that is a super astute observation because yeah, you, you're not, you don't, there's nothing to judge on. You're like, yep, that we've been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, we've made good choices and bad choices and I'm facing, I'm, I'm okay with it. Are you okay with it? Great. Let's go make something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. and, and there's no more of this competitiveness and, you know, and, and, and we're just supporting each other and, and we don't have to get into that weird talk, which is destructive for both people. Yeah. Well, can we segue into making and all the beautiful yeah. things that you make? Because I know you've referenced a few times Lenoria, which Sandra and I know what that is because you sent us the Indiegogo campaign and some other links to what you do. But um, can you tell our listeners that, about that project a little bit? And yeah. I know we're, we're, we have so much still to cover. And then I wanted to chat about your mala making and how you've done that in recovery. But just I think the Lenoria, since you've mentioned it, I'd like you to be able to chat about that. Sure, sure. I'll, I'll make, I'll try to make it. And you're a producer for that. That is for this film. Yeah, correct? I'm a okay. producer. I, my background is I've been, I, I've been in film and animation um, since I, I mean, that, that's what I went to film. I went to film school in 1990 um, before it was like a hip thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's always, it always sounds like it's been hip. <laughs> and uh, so I've been just doing that for years and I, you know, I've, I've 
worked in many places in Chicago here in San Francisco. Um, uh, I did commercials for years and years and years. Um, and then I did games and I did kids toys and stuff like that. And then, um, I wanted to get out. So when I was getting close to 40, I was 39 in 2011 and I was just like, this sucks. Mm. (laughs) And I'm like, I just want to get out of this. And I was actually going to leave the business. Um, I, I just had enough. I was just tired. Um, it's just really demanding work. And, um, And, and I think it's just because I was working in, with ad agencies and um, just, you know, big corporate conglomerates and then, you know, doing and then working in a corporation, which was weird. That's like a whole nother weird subspace. I think those people are all muggles. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, <laughs> um, I'm like, rise out of there, people, rise. Um, so I... Um, I, I just kind of took some time off and then I just really wanted to go to this school called um, Institute of Integrative Nutrition because um, I felt like there was something more I needed to be doing that wasn't animation. It wasn't any of that, but I, I needed to like get, I needed to understand like how to take, be healthy and like take care of my body, like take care of my vessel. Like it was really important for me to, be like, I need to, I need to make sure that my house is structurally sound. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I started doing that. My husband was like super on board. He's like, just do whatever you need to do. Um, and then I was, so I was doing that. And then I got a call from Carlos Vena, um, and, or he emailed me, I guess. And he found the original email, which I thought was super cute. And he, he said, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm Carlos Baina. You know, we, I don't, I think our cross of paths have crossed at parties and whatnot, but. And he's um, a big deal. He, yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a big deal. very big deal. <laughs> In my opinion, he's a big deal. Yeah. Um, he probably would be like, no, no. <laughs> um, but he, you know, he was at Pixar for a really long time. And he said, I'm taking a, I'm taking some time away from Pixar and I'm, I want to direct and make my own animated short and you come highly recommended from two very like good friends of mine. And, um, I was like, okay. And, you know, and I told my husband, I was like, I don't know this guy. I'm like, I, uh, I don't know what I wanted. You know, I'm like, I'm just gotta like tell this, you know, I'm going to go see him and say hello and, you know, kind of do the thing. And, um, you know, cause I need to, you know, be honor, you know, honor the, the guys that, that recommended me. And, you know, I'll just let the guy down easy. You know, it'll, it, I'll help him find someone else. And <laughs> my husband was like, yeah, right, whatever. <laughs> so I went out to, to meet Carlos and we met at, um, we actually met at Samabar, but the one on Laguna. Oh, I and, love that place. Uh, I love that place. And um, it's like a really, I used to live just down the street from there. So it's like a really, it's like a really special place for me too. And, um, and I, you know, we sat down. He's from Spain, so he's got this really cute Spanish accent um, that I think he kind of plays up to like be so charming. <laughs> so, and if you know, so have you guys seen Toy Story Three? Yes. Okay, so Spanish Buzz. Oh, is that him? Oh, him. <laughs> that is Carlos. Actually, that's Carlos. Spanish oh. Buzz is Carlos. 
Yeah, that's hmm. awesome. it's all him. So they, he was a smart little bit part um, early on, and then he started playing with the animation, and it got it became a big thing in the whole film, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So because he just took it to that next level, which is that's his way. Um, he's made he's made me grow and improve in so many sectors of my life that it's it's astounding. Like mm-hmm. I've learned so much from him um, of just being great and just having that like and and having that command and caliber that just comes naturally to him um but for some of us we actually have to learn it and work for it um he's your teacher he's my teacher yeah absolutely um and so yeah so we i went to go meet him and i was like totally like yeah i'm just gonna be there for an hour you know no big deal and then he starts to tell me the story behind lenoria and I got goose pimply from my toes to my head down and up. And I was like, ah, why? <laughs> <laughs> you got to listen to that, right? <laughs> I ended up being there for like three hours. And he pitched me the full story. He showed me all this reference. He showed, I mean, he, this guy goes above and beyond for everything he does. And um, it was a story and it's our story it's our story mm-hmm. and that you know we have dark moments but also he you know he really loves horror and like psychological thrillers i love horror i love psycho i love the darkness and um and as we were like talking about our favorite films and what he's you know what he's inspired by i was like oh my god this is like the dream project um and so I said yes. <laughs> you couldn't say no, no. And how, how long has it been since you guys started? We started in, well, our first meeting was in 2011. Mm-hmm. And then um, he finally took the leave of absence, and then he went to travel to see his family. And then we started in earnest in the summer of 2011. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then, um, and then people, where are you guys now? We're almost finished. Oh, wow. Um, it's really hard. It was really hard. Um, there's so many things that have, I mean, I could do a whole show just on, I might, maybe I'll have to make my own blog. I'll tell them like, we'll make our own podcast about, (laughs) yeah, um, because we've learned so much and we've been through so many things. It's been, it's like, it's been a ride. Um, and so basically we're almost finished. Um, we're in the tail end, we're lighting and rendering our last sequence there's four sequences um we just had a follow-up meeting with our composer um who's this guy named johan soderkist he actually i don't know if you guys know of the swedish film called um let the right one in no Um, and then also this the swedish uh danish series called the bridge no, I don't know that one, but oh, it's good. You guys should watch that one. I'm writing um, it down. And, so he's, and also he did Kantiki. He did the music for Kantiki, mm-hmm. um, which is about the uh, Swedish guys that went across the Pacific. Um, so he, we are just talking to him. And so he's going to get back on doing the score. Um, I'm actually putting the final titles together, which is, that's a huge, like once you start putting the final credits together, you're like, okay, we're getting close. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, so we're almost done. So that's just been an amazing, amazing journey. That's Um, so, I, I know very, very little about that world. So once you finish, I mean, do you, then you sit and wait or do you, does it have a destination? I mean, is it? Yeah. 
so one of the things for us, um, we'll probably sleep in for one thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can sleep in because we, we meet every single morning. So seven days a week, every morning. Wow. Um, and um, the, so our, our goal is it's a showpiece for Carlos and I. We have, we have a production company called Nightwheel Pictures. And, um, you know, we have, we have stuff, some, we have other concepts and stories that we have, you know, is in various stages of development, um, but is very much in line with kind of our aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of showing this as a showpiece of like how things can be done. And, and it's really technically, we're kind of doing some new things. We're, we're kind of treading new ground. Mm-hmm. Swimming clear blue water as they say and um the so we're gonna i mean i'm trying to get it done towards the end of february because um we want to get it into the big animation festival at least submit um for amnesty which is in france it's a it's like a really big deal in in our community um i don't know if we'll make it in because we're not that really their style but I don't know. You never know. It can it can always change. Um, and then we just have a list of a whole bunch of film festivals that we are just hoping, hoping, hoping that we can get in. And one of them is actually in Austin. Oh, that's Sandra. cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, during uh, South by Southwest. No, Fantastic Fest. Fan- oh, right, right. I know that one. That's cool. way more. Our, that's way more our people. Mm-hmm. Um, even though South by Southwest is cool, but I think you can, they have a little rule that if you're in Fantastic Fest, you can't be in you South by Southwest. You can't do both, yeah. yeah you so we would pick Fantastic Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might see me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I would love that. Well, and I'm, yeah. I would be excited to, I, I don't know if I get on the guest list or whatever, but I'd really be excited to see the, the film. Oh, totally. So yeah, we're gonna just get it out there, and then you know, people see what are, happens. Yeah, I don't really know, so I'm just kind of. This is kind of why I think we're doing what we're doing right now. This kind of this is another example. Mm-hmm. Of yeah, what we're doing we're doing because it's it takes so it takes a tremendous amount of energy and um, fortitude to do what we're doing, and um, and then for us to get this released, like I could not do this drunk. Or hungover. No, no, like, it's not possible. And for us to then move it into something greater afterwards, I need to be all here, right? Yeah. And I need to be standing my ground. I need to be in my. I need to. I need to be full. Like, I. I need to be fully present, right? And in body, um, you know, so that. You know, because a lot, you know, the 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 movie business is rough. I mean, look at what's going on right now. Oh yeah, blowing up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and look at the kind of people that are in charge. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's again another. That's another example of why I think we're here, because mm-hmm. it, the, the things are breaking down. The, the, for sure. Old, these old ways. All the paradigms. Are, yeah going by the wayside and so all i see is opportunity mm-hmm. yeah. well, so um, that's that's lenoria and so we have a lot of stuff online i mean if, if anyone wants to they can just type in lenoria film and all of our stuff will come up and lenoria and in spanish can... means ferris wheel yeah okay 
which is a circle which I really dig. Um, yeah. Can we link to that link that you sent us? Can we put that in our show notes of the? Okay, good. I'm gonna. Oh, yeah, I say that like I really know how to link it, but I'm gonna. I'm working on that with my husband, so we'll figure that out. <laughs> So yeah, I'm trying to sound like I, I know how to do that. Um, I could actually talk to you forever. So I just, we're, we're running to the point where we probably need to wrap up, but I do want to talk. I know you have some fun stuff coming up. I know that you're yeah. working. So Ratna Ling that you mentioned earlier in the podcast is where, um, yeah. is that a Buddhist temple? It's a Buddhist temple. Um, it's uh, this guy, this, oh gosh, his name, uh, so also Dharma Publishing is up there. Okay. Um, so they have one is that there's this massive golden temple out there that you, we can't go to, but you can see. Yeah. Would be that it's out there because it looks like a big, beautiful golden Buddhist temple in the Himalayas. And this is on off of Highway One on the on yeah, the coast on the Sonoma you, Coast. Yeah, you go up past Jenner, and mm-hmm. then you and then just like as you're getting up to the top of the hill of Jenner. Then you take a right before Fort Ross, mm-hmm. and then you go down a small road, and then that road gets smaller, and then that road gets smaller. <laughs> right. No, it's like it's like a whole tiny world. New. It's like a, a whole beautiful world up there that's kind of just untouched too. And you're. It's like it's like Hogwarts of of the Sonoma Mountains. <laughs> I've always wanted to go. I've always wanted to see that temple. I mean, it's like, it's a journey. I mean, even Bex and I talk about, it's a journey to get there. Yeah. It, it, you know, you're, it's a process. Um, so the drive up there is actually part of the retreat. Yeah. Um, and the drive home is actually part of the retreat as well, because you're, mm. you're, you're really getting out to somewhere that's sacred and it's, um, and it's very, and it's isolated, but it, you really sometimes you get there and you're like, I can't even believe I'm in California right now. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. that, that you're, ho- you're hosting, you mentioned Bex too. So she's yeah. a yoga instructor. You make yeah. beautiful malas and um, we didn't even get to touch, you know, on that very much, but just that you're doing these workshops together. And by the time this airs, you're going to have a couple workshops coming up. So I just wanted you to be able to yeah. promote that. Yeah, so Bex Urban, um, we knew each other in another life, and then we found each other again, and I went to one of her retreats. She actually used to date um, one of my uh, one of the CG artists, animators that I used to work with at the studio called Wild Brain. Um, and so we kind of knew each other in a different life. I think she was just starting the yoga, and then I was like a, a crazy animation producer. And, um, and then we kind of came back around and like all of a sudden we're in a, like, we just, we just really jive together. We, we vibe really well together. Um, we, we, we help each other in the right ways. And, um, so, uh, so she's this amazing yoga teacher. She's like no one else there. She, no one does what she does. Um, she, it's really original. It's really creative. Um, I, I just think she's the best. She's my favorite yoga teacher of all time. Um, and so we just, so I've been just going to her retreats and then I started making the the malas and I gave her like one of my first ones, which I was making with all these vintage pearls that I had been collecting for another like jewelry project. Um, and I was using can I just say that I love that because it, it to me I'm I'm envisioning like an 80s 
style Mala. <laughs> so it really is an 80s style Mala. Make another 80s Mala. Uh, you have a customer. Anyway. You know, I feel like that's really good. That is a really good challenge, Sandra. I almost feel like kind of doing like maybe going back and doing like a like a retro collection. I, I um, yeah. I'm your customer. Yeah, because it really does have an 80s vibe to it. Because it's like, it, you know, these right? old vintage pearls. And then I kind of put, like, skulls on it. And, of like, some... so many pearls in the 80s. Dice and... Yes. In <laughs> fake pearls. <laughs> I've got all these weird, um, like, 80s... Um, I did this whole thing, too, where I was going to Alameda Flea Market. And I was getting all these, like, weird 80s um, charms and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I've got really good i got some good ones for you i am all over it okay Uh, go ahead yeah so anyway so um she was just like really into my malas and she kept just like like encouraging me and encouraging me and it was it was kind of new and um i just kind of got into it and then we just started doing more together and it just kind of really blossomed into a, a really awesome relationship like creative and business relationship and friend and friendship of course um but yeah, we have a couple of things coming up. Um, we, because of the devastating fires um, in the, in Northern California, we actually moved our retreat because it was actually that second weekend and um, of the fires, and so it was just too traumatic for any of us to yeah. to do that. And um, so we're moving our retreat to December fifteenth. Um, we probably still will have space because it's just it's such a weird um weekend um but it's just going to be I think it's going to be extraordinary because it's just going to be just before the holidays I just I feel like it's a great time to like renew revive just kind of get recentered before the crazy you know the crazy holidays um which I think can wear any any normal person out and it's a weekend yeah, retreat, it's a right? Yoga retreat and yeah. a mala making retreat, both. We do all kinds of stuff. So we do. She does the. She does yoga. We have we have a couple of dharma talks in the evening. We do morning meditation. Um, I will probably have a mala making thing where we do we make our own bracelets and we just start kind. Of, I just bring my stuff out. And I just throw it out. We craft. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably will be doing a little bit. You know, doing a little bit of kundalini to kind of you know spice it up a little bit um and it's just a really great weekend to just get away the the grounds are extraordinarily beautiful um it's all vegetarian uh food and then they and they do vegan and gluten-free so it kind of like takes care of everybody but because it's a buddhist retreat center all like most of the vegetables and stuff are all grown on site or preserved um, so it's just like, you just get super nourished. Hmm. Um, and then the cabins are just lush and just cozy and it has a big jacuzzi tub, which is like my favorite, you know, so you can just do your Epsom salt baths and, and then we just do yoga and meditate and hang out and, and connect. Um, you know, and you just meet all these amazing women. I just meet women every time I meet new women that I'm like, I would have never met before because we're on such different paths in such different, you know, sectors of the, of the world. And we're all kind of coming together and talking and then making friends and, and moving on and, and help and supporting each other. 
So that's happening December 15th through the 17th. And then um, we're doing another one in March, uh, March 16th through the 18th, same place. Where can Um, people um, sign up for that? So right now, it's Bex. Right now, you sign up on her website, which is bexurban.com, which I'll give you guys the link. B E X U R B A N. Okay. Exactly. Um, and you can sign up for those. We're just know that when you go to the retreat page, it's, there's not a lot of information there, but her and I are in the process of updating this page. And, okay. and so you get a better idea of what you, what to expect. Great. Um, but I think it's just one of those things where, I mean, every time we do it, people like at the end, everyone's like, can we do this every month? <laughs> <laughs> well, you are, you're, you're selling your malas at Love Story Yoga in San Francisco, Steph Snyder's um, yeah. Uh, yeah. space too. But if, if people can't get to San Francisco or they can't get to one of these retreats, can you share your website um, for yeah. people? So I, I finally made a website um, this year. Um, and it's called, it's Sasha Malas, S-A-T-C-H-A, Malas.com. Mm-hmm. Um, Sasha, that's actually the, the real net spelling of my name. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So, so we'll I, link to that too. Yeah. We being, I don't know who, but we're going to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Someone technical. Someone technical is um, going to do that. But yeah, I just, I changed my name to, I spelled, I changed the spelling of my name when I started in college and I started working because um, the T and the C really threw people off and it was super annoying to have to like spell my name all the time and right. have people mispronounce it. Um, so I just changed the spelling of it. But then I went back as I was doing this, I'm like, that's me. Like, yeah. Self, you know, and then I started learning Kudalini and Sat. Um, is I think it's the self and Satcha I think is like um, the self and, and consciousness mm-hmm. um, and so I was like well that's totally that totally works yeah. Um, so yeah you can find me there I do mainly I do custom work um, you know just like with Sandra she wants her she wants her 80s retro one mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and I basically have conversations with people um, that's the most important part for me because I need to get to know the person and understand where they're coming from and what they want they want to bring into their lives um, mm. so that I can just intuit what they the crystals that they want um, or what kind of energy and so and then that way then I make it for them and then it's it's really like every single one of them is a unique piece there's I don't do like, you know, there's some of the bracelets I'll make and there's like, you know, we'll have like the never not broken, um, version and I have like the love story ones. Um, but you can also do the, the custom mala stacks too. So I've been doing that, those for people too. Cause I think some people just like to have them on their wrists. So they're like right there and you can, you know, remind yourself of your grace yeah. or your divinity or your your mission you know like any of that stuff i'm wearing mine with the unicorn on it i love it i love that unicorn i love it oh <laughs> uh, well i again like i said we could talk to you all day sasha but we have to wrap this up soon so i don't know if you want to do like a power unruffled toolbox for us <laughs> Like three things that like are your jam that you really dig that help you either creatively or, um, or with your recovery or sobriety or how to live, you know, this higher vibe that you talk about. 
Do you have three um, things to share with our listeners? I do. So I, for me, first, first and foremost is um, the Kundalini yoga practice um, because that gets you in that space pretty quickly. If you can do a whole hour and a half class, you are there, you are in it, you are in the flow, um, you are vibing super high. Um, so that is a that is a really important um, tool for me. Um, my other tool, um, which is constant, is music. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to all kinds of music every different, you know, uh, it's different every day. I have a lot of my Kundalini chants and everything, but, you know, yesterday I was listening to all, like, the cool, you know, indie songs from 2012. I, you know, Sandra, I go into my 80s thing. I had a whole, <laughs> I had a whole Duran Duran B-Sides week. Yes. Um, so I was pulling all those out, and which was awesome as my husband was like, is this a new Duran Duran song? And I was like, no, my sweet, this is no. from like 1983 on a very, very limited edition. Of <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, silly. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Um, so music is a huge, huge part of my life and my husband's life too like we we sometimes have battling music going on um because he's my husband is an artist as well and so I'll be down here with something and he'll be up there with something and you know I'm sure the neighbors are like those people are so weird (laughs) (laughs) and then um I think my my other toolbox is just our community ladies Mm -hmm. I I mean I'm just totally gonna cry right now but I just I feel like we, I said before what we were talking about, I just feel like we're here for a bigger purpose. And when I start to falter or I want to give up, I just think of all of you. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I pull myself back up and I'm like, nope, we're here to do something. And when we're here to do something great and there's there's no quitting. There's, there's no quitting and, and giving up or hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be out full force and full command of ourselves to do our mission, whatever that is. I love that. Got me all teary again, Sasha. <laughs> my chest is like exploding right now because I'm, I'm like oh. really trying not to cry. Well, you, after just having our little pre-interview call yesterday, I felt so um, at peace the rest of the day. You know, I was like, I, I really meditated on the things that you and I talked about. And I went and had a day out on the town with another friend who is sober and just thinking about how I never could have made that connection before with this person, how I never would have connected with you, never would have connected with Sandra. And I was just thinking just even three short years ago, that was the end of my drinking was um, right about now, you know, this, these last few months of the year, because I got sober in February of 2015. But the connections are so powerful. They're so powerful. And I love that I can see them, I can process them, I can embrace them, I can incorporate them into my life, and that I feel met by Sandra, by you, Mm -hmm. by our friend Natalie that we share. Like, every woman that I meet in recovery, um, there's a beautiful connection, and I really feel that with you. And I thank you so much for coming on and talking about all of your, you know, your story and also the work that you do in this world, and I appreciate it. Thank you yes. so much. Yeah, this was a great conversation. Yeah, I agree with Tammy. We could have kept going. But <laughs> <laughs> time limits. Well, well, you know, 
I don't know, Sandra, if you come up here, you know, maybe we'll have to do something in person or have our own. For like, sure. Actually, Natalie and I were talking about, like, you know, there's there's the time for the retreat and the yoga. But honestly, I think we should have a slumber party. Yeah. Yeah, like a dance party. <laughs> yeah. But you know how we used to do when we were kids and you'd invite all your best girlfriends yeah. over watch some dumb movie we'd watch footloose like eight times yeah um, and you know like run around dance give each other you know brush each other's hair like i totally want to do that yeah yeah we can watch flash so. dance and then we can put our <laughs> wear our sweatshirts off our shoulder i have leg warmers i just bought them a couple weeks ago so i'm kind of okay, ready for so it <laughs> i've been waiting to find the right leg warmer <laughs> i found some in santa cruz so maybe i'll hook you up it's called legs the store is called legs so well of course it is that's funny that y'all are saying that because i searched on pinterest for a leg warmer um like a pattern or something Mm. because i have all this vintage knit and i was thinking i'm gonna make leg warmers out of this stuff anyway i see it happening we're all on the same page (laughs) whatever we need to do for our mission whatever it is Mm-hmm. We're wearing a leg warmer. That's right. Well, we'll have to take Sandra. We'll have to take. We'll have to take Sandra to San Francisco for a little field trip to Good Vibrations. Oh yes, okay. We have to talk about that too. Mm, yeah. Um, no, I think we're at the end here. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I know. So, but one thing is that I could totally see us in our garb, like as as warriors. We've got yeah. our Sandra kimono on. Yeah. We got our we got our leg warmers on. We got our, our mallas on. Mm-hmm. And, and like we're good to go right? oh, yeah. oh, I, totally. I see you at your movie premiere with one of um, um, Sandra's beautiful kimonos I can see that I'm happening so one of your beautiful malas I just saw Gloria's and I'm like so jelly so um, uh. <laughs> yeah. they're gorgeous they're gorgeous when I was thrifting yesterday I saw all these vintage scarves and I was pulling them up I'm like no this one's not going to work because it's not real silk I'm like I'm your personal shopper now Sandra, I'm like yeah. on the hunt. <laughs> That's so awesome. Oh, it was well. so wonderful, and I just I appreciate. I just I'm just honored to be mm. quite honest with you. I was I am you know I'm just floored that you guys asked me and of course. Um, and I just I admire you both so much. Oh, and I think Sandra, I know I've never met you in person, but I just I you know I I see you I see you yeah. and I see you every day and. Um, and we're connecting in, in new and different ways, but, um, you know, you guys, you ladies are impressive. Aww. You're very sweet. Well, I'm excited. Your Ray of Light interview is going to, um, I think it's going to be up in December. Yeah. Uh, December 22nd is when it's going up right before your Perfect. two year. So people can read more about you there and I'll promote that as it gets closer. But thank you so much, Sasha. This was just a really beautiful conversation. Thank you so much. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by NMMD. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designer Chris Aguirre. Thanks for listening.